Welcome to Folk Roots Radio. I'm Jan Hall. All the best in Folk Roots Americana, singer-songwriters and blues, and artist interviews. On Folk Roots Radio, we're all about the music and the people that make it. Now, coming up, we're joined by Michelle Plum and Nick Hall from Bradford in England, who make music together as Plum Hall. They join us for an in-depth conversation about their second album, The Ghost of Noise, a wonderful Americana folk recording that also includes a little electronica and some found sounds. It's a great album and the follow-up to their very well-received Thundercloud from 2014, one of our favorite albums of that year. And Michelle and Nick are always a great interview, so kick back and enjoy Plum Hall in Conversation on Folk Roots Radio. But before we get there, from the ghost of noise, this is the title track. Enjoy.
That's Plum Hall with the title track from their second album, The Ghost of Noise, the long-awaited follow-up to their critically acclaimed debut, Thundercloud, from 2014, one of our favourite albums of that year. Now, Plum Hall are Michelle Plum and Nick Hall. They come from Bradford in England, and we're really pleased to welcome them back to Folk Roots Radio. It's great to have you guys join us again today. Hi, Hi. Jan. It's fantastic to talk to you again. No, that's good, because I thought I was going to have to send you a message saying, when's this album coming? Because we haven't talked for six (laughs) years. And, you know, we're Facebook (laughs) friends. We do regularly converse over Facebook. But it's actually nice Mm. and exciting to have this new album that's out there. And I'm sure you must be really excited about it. We're relieved. Very very (laughs) relieved it's finally out, yes. (laughs) Very excited. Now, it is coming out at a rather strange time. We are in the midst of the COVID-19 emergency. We're all social distancing. As I mentioned at the start, Nick and Michelle are in Bradford in England. We're in Leamington, Ontario. So let's start by talking about the project, because this album, I think, is a little different from Thundercloud. Thundercloud had that, you know, classic Americana folk feel. This Mm. album... We're not going to talk about the making of the album just now, but tell us a little bit about why you decided to make this project. I think most albums start as a bit of a collection of songs, and then you kind of try to sort of find a bit of a theme, uh, kind of a, a theme that's running through it. And with the last album, I think Thunder, when we when we recorded the song Thundercloud, we thought, ah, this is the song that, that the album's going to kind of revolve around, and the theme will come out of that. And I think for this record, it was actually the title track, The Ghost of Noise, that was kind of like the linchpin. And we thought, ah, this is the sound that we're going to go for. These are the themes that we're going to go for. And also trying to have some interesting different sounds in there as well. So it was a, it was a departure. And we were actually in Ireland. But we were up on Browhead, the southernmost tip of Ireland in West Cork. Beautiful place. And there's an old uh, Napoleonic war tower up there and the remains of one of Marconi's first signalling stations, telegraph signal stations. We just had this idea of communication and conflict 
And those kind of ideas started coming to us, which sounds a bit mad, but it was kind of, <laughs> those are the ideas we were having in this quite a special place. And we've ended up that that's kind of fed through. So in the in the track, there's uh, there's some Morse code running through it, and also the front cover of the album is is actually a photograph of one of the towers on Browhead, and there's Morse code on the front cover as, as well. So there's a kind of a an overarching theme that runs through the album now, which we're very pleased about. It's not just a collection of songs. Well, it's interesting because, you know, that, that first track in particular, the, the Ghost of Noise, has this wonderful atmospheric feel to it. And, you know, when I was listening to it the first time, there was two things that came to my mind. One was The Ghost in the Machine, which yeah. was a, a police album, right? Yeah. yeah. And then the other one yeah. was Bill Nelson, fabulous Bill Nelson, Bebop Deluxe, who's from Wakefield in Yorkshire, who has done lots of amazing things by, you know, bringing different sounds into to some of the music that he's created? Well, funnily enough, I think there is actually a d- direct connection to Bill Nelson because um, our producer, I know we're going to talk about him later, but our producer w- was in a band called Fiat Lux and Bill Nelson did their early recordings, produced their early recordings, and actually Bill Nelson's brother uh, was actually in Fiat Lux as well. So there's a weird, that's oh very strange. God. There's a connection, you know, there's that, a connection there. <laughs> Every time I do an interview, I want a goosebump moment and you've just given me it because, you yes. know, I, I I am a huge Bill, Bill Nelson fan. Absolutely huge. I I just love everything that the guy has ever done. Incredible guitarist for those people who don't know Bebop Deluxe or his solo work. And that's just so exciting. I'm just so pleased yeah. to, to learn this. <laughs> The Ghost of Noise, the the first track, was that one of the first tracks you wrote for this album? It was. It was, and it was the, one of the first. It was the first one that we recorded as it well, was, actually. Yeah. And so it kind of set the standard, really, from from that point. Although we have deviated quite a bit throughout the record, they, obviously they're not all uh, bells and whistles. <laughs> yeah, it's not. All, yeah, it's not all the same, same, same sound. But but the idea of trying to do something a bit different has kind of been a theme all the way through. Definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we started off with that track, but that's not the first single. That is the first track on the album. We're going to play the first single now, City Starlings. Tell us a little bit about this one. Uh, well, it's a, it's a genuine co-write, and there are quite a few of those on the record. So it's, I, I came up with the words sitting in my favourite bar, The Sparrow, in Bradford, and um, where I've written quite a few lyrics. Uh, and it's a, lovely, it's a lovely bar, a very quiet sort of place, and um, off, the, off the main drag. I'd just been walking through Bradford and it was dark and there was sort of starlings swirling about. And um, it reminded me of being a little kid walking along with sort of hand in hand with my mum uh, as the starlings were coming home to roost above the city. And and then I found myself sitting in the bar and listening to, they, they got really good music taste in the Sparrow and they were playing a Jackson C. Frank record, Blues on the Game, which has had sort of weird connections with us anyway, funnily enough. But I just suddenly thought, there's there's me as a little boy, as a little boy walking through Bradford, and then me as an adult in the same city and in, in a sort of similar circumstance, but grown up. And um, and so I just wrote the words in a very sort of haphazardy sort of way, really. And then I gave them to Michelle, and she turned it into what is now um, City Starlings, which again would I, I would never have been able to come up with a tune like that for it. So it's, so it's a genuine it's a, collaboration. It's actually a, a, a way that we work well together because yeah. uh, Nick can write. I can go in and make a cup of tea into the kitchen <laughs> and he's written about three songs worth of lyrics by the time I've finished. Not um, all great. <laughs> they are all good. That's, that's what's sickening about. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> um, and, um, and I'm more a sort of melody person, so it takes me a long, long time to come up with any decent lyrics. No, but, no, no, no. Um, 
but but I, I have about 20 or 30 different melodies and I could probably fit them to one set of lyrics per day. So, <laughs> so actually it's a very quick, It's on this album it's been a very quick way of working. Nick writes some lyrics that he hasn't yet got a tune to, passes them to me and I come up with a tune. So Yeah, it's worked yeah. really well, yeah. So we don't actually have to be in the same room as well, which helps. <laughs> And I mean, this is a song that you take the lead on, right, Michelle? Come, the yeah, first track yeah. we listened to was a song that Nick took the lead. Mm-hmm. How does that work out? I guess if, if you're coming up for the, with the musical arrangement, do you get the first pick as to whether this is a song you should sing or whether he sings? No, not necessarily, because actually there is a song on the album that I wrote the melody for a year ago today, which actually at first, because I wrote the melody, I did try to sing it, but realized it because the words weren't necessarily they didn't necessarily fit number one my voice and also just me as a person and I had I said to Nick you should sing this and we were in the studio I tried to record it um vocally a couple of times it just wasn't working and I said Nick you should be singing this it's for you (laughs) this song is for you so he he struck up and there was an instant Scott Walker effect (laughs) that's what I was going for anyway so so we just yeah that's definitely your song. <laughs> so I, I, we both kind of like bands where if you've got two two lead singers, it's nice to hear both of them, you know, in, across across a record. Like I really, we both really, really like that. But we're both kind of like shy, so we're like, oh, no, you should be singing more. No, no, you should be singing more. But we ended up with more songs than we needed, and we've sort of whittled down to what, what we have what we think is the core of the record. And, and it just so happens that we do a lot of singing swapping these days. That's kind of how it's worked out. And then there are other songs that, you know, where we both actually take lead. Even though we love the Everly Brothers to bits, we didn't want an album's worth of, you know, close harmony stuff. So, mm. um, yeah, I mean, it's just whatever fits the song, really. Yeah. Well, City Starlings is a great song, and I think it's a perfect choice for the first single. Let's listen to that just now. This is Plum Hall with City Starlings from their wonderful new album, The Ghost of Noise. You're listening to Folk Roots Radio, and I'm Jan Hall. I am a child, a tidy hold your hand The evening falling in the city where we stand On the corner where the light stands on the water
Hi, my name is Coco Love Alcorn. I'm Coco, 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 yeah. I'm Coco, Coco, Coco. And you're listening to Folk Roots Radio with Jan Hall. That's Plum Hall with City Starlings from their new album. It's entitled The Ghost of Noise. It's album number two, and it's my great pleasure to have Michelle Plum and Nick Hall joining me on Folk Roots Radio today. We had a wonderful conversation six years ago at the time of their first album together, uh, which was Thundercloud, another fabulous record. I included it in my top 10 albums that year. Uh, wonderful wow. album. <laughs> this new one, though, the exciting thing, and we talked about this before the break, was just you've really kind of kicked it up a little bit. I mean, it still has a bit of that Americana folk feel, but we've got yeah. a little bit of electronica slipping in there. You've got the wonderful found sounds, and I loved it when, it, I always love it when a musician says to me, oh, well, yeah, we've got some found sounds in here, and I always, <laughs> I always wonder what they do, whether they, you know, whether they're playing with a washing machine one day and think, oh, well, that's an interesting okay. sound. Let me just go and tape that. <laughs> Well, it's something we really, we, we, we were really into. We, there's, there were a few. There's a moment where we rec- recorded a rain shower or something on my on my phone, and that sort of ended up on on Thundercloud. There's a tiny, tiny moment. Where there's a bit of rain on the end of a track, and I think we kind of wanted to do a bit more of that. And so we were sort of walking around. Uh, I don't think David, our producer, would mind us saying that his studio is rather cluttered, and so there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff about. And so on on one of the tracks. Most of the rhythm section is Michelle scraping a drumstick across an electric fan <laughs> and me dropping a, a, a kind of a plastic box full of metal screws onto the floor, but mic'd up. And also we sort of went out walking and sort of uh, got some bird song phone, uh, recorded on a phone and, 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 and put it into the track. And it's all down to the artistry of David, the producer, who's just brilliant at, uh, at sort of taking something which could sound literally like a bag of spanners and actually make it sound <laughs> sort of really, really good in the track. You know, so we, we deliberately did that. And the electronica, something something that we're both really interested in. We like a lot of, a lot, a lot, we love a lot of electronic music. And, well, we were um, 80s kids, 80s so kids. how could we avoid it? <laughs> yeah, so there's always been that influence there, but also David, uh, our producer, was in a band called Fit Looks back in the 80s and they were... A fantastic group and they've actually just reformed which is amazing really really good and so he's got this incredible bank of synths and uh that there's, there's sort of a lot of modern bands would kill for you know some amazing bits of equipment in there and we were sort of encouraging david to get as experimental as possible and michelle was playing keyboards as well and so that kind of just kind of ended up on the album it's, i don't think it swamped the songs you know but, but it's, it's there as, as, a, as an influence in there which we're really really happy about David produced uh, Thundercloud as well. We go through his studio and his label, and I think David was 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 making a new Fiat Lux album and was sort of and was and uh, re redoing some of the old Fiat Lux stuff. And the gear was there, and we were kind of let's have a go at putting some of this these sort of these sort of sounds onto this record and see what happens as an experiment at first. And then when we realised, yeah, this is the sound that we wanted, we kind of we kind of went for it. And also because we're huge fans of bands like Aha and the yeah. bands that were probably actually quite influenced by, by and, and Black, uh, Colin Vernkamp, bands that were probably quite influenced by uh, by uh, Fiat Lux, uh, it, it kind of made sense to have those sounds coming in there. And so we basically gave David, go for it, David, if you can find some interesting uh, sort of sequence 
bits bits of sequencer use and um, interesting synth sounds. All the He's got all of them, all the gear, <laughs> all the gear. <laughs> and the, all the idea as well. <laughs> so the twelve tracks on the album, you know, six years since Thundercloud, you collected these over the period of time, and I know you're both very busy. We're going to talk about all the other projects a little later in the interview, but was it a case of getting the songs together, refining them, and then saying, okay, I think we have a group of songs that will work, and then finding the time to get in the studio with David? Not necessarily. There were some songs that we'd gigged up along the way. The Ghost of Noise had already been written by the time we'd finished the song, The Ghost of Noise, that is by the time we finished the, uh, the last album. So we, we started recording that straight away. But the others, we, we were performing live along the way over the six years. And, and actually, later on, there were some new ones that were added to, the, added to the mix. So I would say that they weren't all ready to go, were they? No, so somewhere. There were some songs like The Cruel Adventures, which has been in a yeah. sort of staple of the live set for quite a while, and also South to Glory, which... Which is, is it was definitely part of the live set, and then, then there were quite a lot of songs that we've never played live before, and we'll probably have to try and learn, <laughs> which which got which got written later on and sort of written sort of more for the project. It's interesting when we write songs, we can sort of tell whether they're going to be plump hall songs or not. So when when Michelle was away um, touring uh, abroad, and I was sort of going into the studio on my own, I I'd sort of de- we I sort of demo up a few ideas, and then Michelle would come back and go, "Yeah, that's a plump hall song." Or, that isn't a plumber song. Not that it's not about the quality or anything. It's just is that going to fit us or not? And there's that, that sort of happened quite a lot. So we've always got extra material. And now basically half a solo album sitting on in the files in the studio, stuff that didn't fit this record. So there's so we're that was all, brutal. But no, no, it's great. It's great. <laughs> so, but it, uh, we've always got more than we need. And so that there were tracks that actually we we, re- we recorded almost to a finished point, which then were left off because they didn't fit. Even when we were coming up with a final track listing, there were still songs, some, some songs that were going to make it, and then we decided no, that they don't fit, and so they, they came off. So that's almost the hardest bit, really, is, is the sequencing and, and deciding on the tracks, getting them in the right order. It's a lot harder this time. It was. Well, you know, sequencing yeah. is something that sadly I think is people are not appreciating as much because so many people are streaming yeah. these days. But you know, doing radio and you know loving the finished album, whether it's on a CD or vinyl, I really like good sequencing especially when you have an an album that has this atmospheric feel to it i mean you know you when you start singing the ghost of noise at the beginning i mean it really comes in kind of quiet and then builds the album has that feel i want to go back to it just now and play a song that i really love i mean the first time i listened to this song i just thought it was amazing that is a darkness that won't leave the house it's an incredibly haunting song tell us a little bit about coming up with this one Somebody we knew was going through some some tough times, and um, and actually they're they're much happier now, much better. I, I kind of wanted to say to them, "There's always going to be a door to come to. There's always going to be some people to catch you. You know, don't think that you're completely alone. You know, there's people around who've been through something similar and can help and will be there for you." So that was the idea, sort of lyrically behind behind the song and, and could be um, advice for these times as well it could a lot yeah of people feeling lonely lonely and struggling and, yeah. yeah absolutely yeah mm-hmm. so so it, that that was kind of the lyrical idea basically I had the lyrical idea and and i wanted a sort of riff that would sort of chime out and that was coming out on the guitar and we had the ba- very basic song and it was one of those songs that we didn't want to put too much onto it in the studio so it's actually quite raw there's very little on on that i mean there's lots of atmosphere created by 
reverbs and um but actually there's there's a tiny bit of there's a little bit of an organ playing in the background but actually all the all the things that sound like machine drums are actually real are actually found sounds but like a, a box of there's a box of screws dropped on the studio floor and mic'd up just to make it sound a bit un, unearthly and otherworldly was the idea behind it but to keep it quite stripped stripped back in my head it's it's uh i was kind of um I love sort of Bruce Springsteen, Nebraska album oh, yeah, where he's got right. these very, very reverbed and quite raw and also sort of high whoops and, and things. I just love it when Bruce Springsteen does that, those high whoops. And so in, in my head, <laughs> as, it, as often in my head, I'm doing a bit of a Bruce <laughs> in my dreams. <laughs> Let's listen to that track just now. This is Plum Hall with a darkness that won't leave the house from their wonderful new album, The Ghost of Noise. You're listening to Folk Roots Radio. And I'm Jan Hall. It's a way in this family, we keep it all quiet. Button down hatches when the storm's coming in. Never throw a life lens into flares or a stop sign. Don't share our troubles, keep our worries within. Change, I can see that you're hurting If you ever need it, here's the key to our door You were the first and you won't be the last It's deep in our bloodline, we've we'll been there before It's the darkness that won't leave the house But there's a small flame that cannot go out There are arms into which you can fall We've seen it all We've seen it all All those high expectations We're building up something They're slithered and cold up in you deep down inside But they're facing the mask Watching your every task Enough that you try It's the darkness that won't leave the house But there's a small flame that cannot go out There are arms into which you can fall We've seen it all We've seen it all It's the darkness that won't
Hi there, this is Moonfruits. You're listening to Folk Roots Radio with Jan Hall. That's Plum Hall with A Darkness That Won't Leave the House from their new album. It's entitled The Ghost of Noise. Michelle Plum and Nick Hall, no relation, but we could be because we're <laughs> we <could> be. good <laughs> friends on Facebook. But yeah, it's a it's a fabulous album and it's it's really great to, to be able to, to have you join us on the show today. Thank now, you. life is kind of a bit crazy because, Michelle, I know you, you tour with the Chris Norman band a great That's deal. Right. Now, if people don't know the name Chris Norman, they may not know his name that much in North America, but he was the lead singer of Smokey back in the day and mm-hmm. had this incredible voice, this sort of really raspy voice that I didn't actually realize that was because he'd actually had, I think, a throat infection or something and left him with that. But you play oh, with Chris well, all the time. Well, you know more than me. Yes, well, I mean, he's still got an absolutely extraordinary voice. Um, yeah. You know, he's nev- not lost that ability over the years. Yeah, and, you know, Smokey had, had, you know, the wonderful single Living Next Door to Alice that we all used to sing way back in the 70s. And preparing for this interview today, I thought, you know, I really should go back and, and look at all my smoky music and chris norman and maybe find a few songs to stick on my iphone so but you you tour a lot i mean you seem to be in europe a great deal with him i i guess it's because his music is really popular in a lot of the european countries to be honest just before i joined the band i didn't really know a great deal about him myself then obviously that you know joining the band opened that door and yeah he's he's extremely famous in germany uh russia quite a lot of Eastern European countries, been away to Korea, South Korea with him. And actually, one of the most amazing places that I've been to is the Faroe Islands just last last year. That was extraordinary. But it's been fantastic. I, you know, I've, I've been with the band now for the last four years, just over four years. Obviously, everything's ground to a little bit of a halt now. <laughs> but his 70th birthday tour planned for November so we're hoping that that's going to go ahead fingers crossed (laughs) and that must have changed things as far as Plum Hall getting to gig as much as you would like I know Nick you play with your brother a lot as the the Hall brothers yeah I do and also I've I've, I've been doing quite a lot of solo work as a collaborative type stuff as well but it's just a case of just being really really in in charge of the diary and making sure we're really careful about it and um and also people have been really good about it when, for example, we've done a festival, we've had a festival booking and, and Michelle wouldn't be able to fly in until the Sunday. So can you just put us on as late as you possibly can on Sunday night? And uh, and actually festivals have been have been very happy to do that, which has been great. Oh, so it's usually just, been festivals yeah. where it's been a problem. But, yeah, uh, it's given me a flashback to, uh, to, to one festival. I was flying in from Germany and got to the airport. I was booked on what I thought was the same flight as my colleague joined the queue to check in and when I and there was a big queue and when I got to the desk they said oh no you're not on this flight you're on a different flight going at exactly the same time if you run now you might catch check-in I failed to catch (laughs) check-in so um, I had to wait about sort of three or four hours for the next flight then I was taken to obviously I flew to a different airport had to hire a car and drive two or three hours to get to the festival I, in rural Dorset, which is not the easiest place to drive. <laughs> and got there with about five minutes to spare, just basically ran on stage. 
it's great because the, the 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 festival the, the stage we were on there's a big fence so michelle couldn't see the audience it's a big sloping field with a big audience on it basically michelle walked out onto the stage picked up a guitar and went ah <laughs> there was an audience there standing there waiting for us so yeah, it's it's been a bit hairy, but actually, yeah. it's 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 really worked, and actually, it's been great because a lot of um, a lot of Chris's fans have sort of uh, taken an interest in in our music as well, which is really lovely, and they've been listening to our music. Which is oh, great. Chris's fans are so Brilliant. loyal; yeah. they're really loyal and and just so friendly, wonderful people. When I guess, and the the fact that you are an official member of the Chris Norman band, and I was just checking out his website as well, and you know that. Plum Hall gets, you know, gets promoted through the website as well, which is nice to to create that link. Now, as far as Plum Hall is concerned, I mean, you've opened for Al Stewart at the London Palladium. Uh, You have opened for Larry Campbell, Teresa Williams, Ian Mm -hmm. McNabb, Chaz and Dave, some great artists over the years. Tell us a little bit about the live show. I know we are living in this weird world where the live show is like, well, I pick up my phone and we hold it or we get it into a, put it on a tripod and then we pick up our guitars and sing to it. But tell us about the live show when you're back on stage. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, we, we, we've got it down to, we're very much influenced by a great band, Show of Hands, uh, who just, they're brilliant musicians and they've just got their live show completely sorted. The kind of gear they have is sort of perfect to get a really good acoustic sound uh, on your instruments. And also, We've kind of honed it a bit. We've we've got the right equipment. We're using the keyboard a lot more now, which, which is great. So Michelle's getting to play keyboards more. Also, we've, we've tried as far as we possibly can to have a sound engineer with us wherever we go, or, or we do the sound ourselves. Basically, it should sound the same wherever we play, and so the audience are always getting the same experience, and that's what that's what we've, we've, we're trying to do. Well, I always think that the music's very serious, but we don't take ourselves too seriously on stage. There's a lot of banter and the odd rehearsed gag, but uh, but often it's nice to get chatting to the audience. There are real merits, I think, to playing to a uh, few fewer people as well. It's because... a good job, really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I, yeah, I mean, it, it can it can just um, turn into a sea when it's thousands of people, but uh, but when it's you know a hundred or. Also, you know, you do feel that intimacy. Yeah, or less. (laughs) Well, I I guess that as well, that you know, the fact that, you know, you have these other things that you're involved in, you know, Michelle's extensive involvement with the the Chris Norman band, it must mean that it makes it more challenging for you to, you know, when you've got your plum hole time, you really want to make the most of it. Now, this album is fabulous. I mean, I think... It just sounds really strong. It's going to be distributed on proper music. Getting a lot of good backing behind you. I know we're in this completely crazy time when everything is shut down. Yeah. Uh, once things open up, you have plans to to get out and, and ex, you know extensively promote this one? It's, it's very strange because I was just thinking back to an interview we did with our very dear friend Nigel Schofield for Tykes News, which is a really good folk magazine in, in Yorkshire, based in Yorkshire. And, and we sort of said, oh, we're going to do it the old fashioned way with loads and loads of touring. And of course, and then immediately, of course, that's all stopped. But yeah, we're, as soon as life gets back to relatively normal, we're going to play and play and play as, as much as we can and then try and organise kind of more formal tours. So when Michelle's not playing, we'll do a formal tour. And then Michelle, got, rather than sort of doing a grab bag of, of gigs where you just play whenever you can and just put as many gigs in as possible. We'll sort of go, right, we'll try and book up this month and then we'll leave this month free for Michelle to go 
do gigs with Chris Norman. I think that's how we're going to approach yeah, it, be a bit more formal quite, about it. It has been quite hard. You, you, you're right, Jan. I mean, over the last few years, um, just to sort of make everything balanced together because the Chris Norman band, it's a, it's a huge beast. <laughs> yeah, it's a big operation. Um, it yeah. is a big operation. So um, it has kind of had to take precedence, really, mm-hmm. I think. You know, up, up to press, I don't think that, that much has fallen by the wayside no. with, with Plum Hall. You know, we've still been able to do what we what we wanted to do, but it's just planning ahead has been difficult. But I know for a fact uh, that uh, Chris is planning to do, you know, fewer gigs in the future. You know, I think he, I mean, obviously he's got a, an album to um, to promote in, in November. Now that I know how that big machine works, it's easier for us to fit gigs around. Yeah, it's much easier now. Around. I know that he won't do anything for, say, two months after a huge German tour, for example. So during those two months, I, you know, yeah. we can we can make the most of that, take advantage of it. That's great, and I think it also what's what this time is showing us is that you can actually do a gig from your living room, and and they can actually be really lovely gigs. So we had we had uh, we did we've done two in recent weeks with very few expectations. You know, we thought we'll just do it and see what happens. But we had people all over the world getting in touch, which was just lovely. You know, you, you get almost get a, a bigger reach when you're when you're playing online, really. Absolutely. But, um, yeah. And the other yeah. advantages are no commute, no sitting in traffic <laughs> for hours and hours, no having no to petrol sit, costs. No petrol costs, no accommodation costs. Shall I go on? <laughs> no, but we, we we will be getting out and touring. But I think yeah, more formalized and more and more careful scheduling, I think that's probably yeah. what we're gonna be doing. I'd yeah. like to go back to the album, try and squeeze another track in. Now, one of the tracks that really caught my attention from the first note was the outside track. Tell us well, a little bit about this song. It's a difficult one to say what it's about, really, without sound. It was that feeling of sometimes the British folk scene can feel a little bit like a, a, a bit of a closed shop. It probably isn't. It's just probably a feeling that you get. That sort of, I think there's that, there's that just, we're watching a lot about the Beatles, and there's that brilliant bit where Ringo wanted to leave the Beatles because he thought all the others didn't like him. And everybody thought the same as Ringo, and everybody thought everyone was ganging up. So there's this, this kind of idea of you've got a perception of, well, maybe we're just on the outs- on the outside of everything, but actually being on the outside of everything is quite cool because I've always liked alternative music and alternative artists. That was the original idea behind it, but it was quite nice because it's got a slightly sort of funky sort of vibe, and it was written on, on, um, on a tenor guitar, which is a really traditional instrument, but I was trying to use the tenor guitar how a sort of a funk band would, would would approach it so it's got quite a sort of choppy funky sort of guitar feel to it as well so the the, the lyrical matter i don't think i really worry about the thing i was worrying about when i wrote it at all but it was just it was just an idea uh, i like the call and response at the end as well because it's that it's kind of a, like a bit of a call and response thing which i like to hear in other people's records so yeah i'm glad you like that one that's interesting that's really interesting that stood out Let's listen to that just now. This is Plum Hall with the outside track from their new album. It's entitled The Ghost of Noise. You're listening to Folk Roots Radio, and I'm Jan Hall. Stuck on a merry-go-round 
familiar places But you drift on a cloud of your own Your bloodline is full of the traces That could lead you to sit on the throne And I know where I would rather be Though the boulder weighs hard on my back Fire burns hard and the air is free Here on the outside track The outside track
Hello, everybody. We're Perch Creek all the way from Australia. You're listening to Folk Roots Radio with Jen Hall. That's Plum Hall with the outside track from their wonderful new album, The Ghost of Noise. Michelle Plum and Nick Hall are our special guests on Folk Roots Radio. They're in Bradford, England. We're in Leamington, Ontario. And we're on Zoom, and we have such a great picture. I actually feel like I should be doing a video show and not just an (laughs) audio show because it is wonderful today, and it's great to be able to to talk to them again. The new album is fantastic. What can I tell you? I love the first album, Thundercloud from 2014. This album is definitely as good and is interesting because it's got this wonderful atmospheric feel to it as well. We've been chatting about the album but Nick and Michelle are not just involved in, you know, just making their own music. They're also starting to get involved in film because I think you guys wrote a song for a movie and actually were involved in picking some of the other songs and tunes that went in that. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, a, a director, film director called Richard Heap, he got in touch with me out of the blue and and asked if we would be interested in in, in contributing to his film. He's, he's done lots of documentaries, especially about climbing, but it was his first um, sort of fictional film. And uh, we said, yeah, that sounds fantastic. Obviously, you're going to say yes immediately. And then uh, we saw the script and it was a beautiful script. And, and we got very excited about the project and met up with him. And he got the, the words to a chorus of a song. And he had an idea of, of the sort of the speed of the song. And then from reading the script, we kind of wrote the song about sort of like a, a closed down seaside town in winter and sort of someone who's in love and missing their sweetheart. And that was kind of the idea behind it. It was supposed to feature in a key scene in the movie. And then also we were asked to try and source some traditional folk material for various moments in the film with the help of my dad <laughs> and also our friend Nigel Schofield, who's a folk music expert. And we, we, we kind of we, we sourced some songs which was really interesting a lot of songs that people think are traditional and sing as traditional you if you look back you can actually find the writer and so you have to make sure that either they're out of copyright or in one case a particular song you had to sort of go back to a source material much older than the song that everybody knows and also rewrite i, I rewrote a couple of the verses it's traditional but i actually ended up rewriting a bit of it as well so but it was a great project to be on and uh, michelle coached the young actors in singing in the singing they had to do they and came then here. they came to our house yeah. uh, including a bafta award-winning actor then we spent a day on set where we kind of trained up a band, band of local whitby folk musicians and worked with mark addy uh, who's going to sing the songs with us in the scene we were in in a pub all day no drinking in a pub all day with <laughs> pretending to be a folk band in a pub <laughs> with the, and uh, and it <laughs> took all day and it, and we're in the film for about two minutes <laughs> but uh, but it's uh, but it's about, it was a brilliant thing and it's just run and run because we've ended up doing sort of q and a's in in cinemas when the film actually came out in cinema the film guys are going to help us with a video to closing down it's not going to be a single but we're going to put it out as a video with some shots from the movie in it as well so which is lovely so it's a really nice hook up there and it was a great film so Tara Fitzgerald Mark Addy and uh, and Molly Windsor, who sings our song in the film with us, uh, she's just amazing actor, and she she won the BAFTA Best Actor BAFTA for her work in Three Girls last year. She's, she's a very shy singer, but she did a really really good job amazing job. Yeah, so we're, we're just incredibly proud, and it was just came out of the blue. It was a, like a dream, really. So. And the movie is called The Runaways, right? That's that, right. Is yeah. it on full release now? Yeah, it's 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 probably done its cinema run in, in the UK. Uh, it's it's independent cinema is as tough, or even tougher than releasing 
uh, independent records, which we found, has been quite eye opening actually. But it's been it's on Sky Premiere at the moment, so this week it's it's opened on Sky Premiere and it's coming out on DVD as well soon, so that'll be available worldwide. And uh, yeah, so we, we we're just very excited uh, for the for the filmmakers because it's it's come out. It's a beautiful. Film. I mean, I, we can say this because we only have a very small role in it. It's <laughs> an absolutely beautiful film, and and Yorkshire has never looked more beautiful. And the song that you wrote, Closing Down, is actually the final song on the new album as well. It is, and it's sort of it's a fitting final song. We weren't sure whether because it, it's got a different sort of sound and feel to the rest of the album, but it but it sort of it, it sort of closes the album nicely. We think it's, mm. it's, a, it's a goodbye type song, isn't it? Yeah, and but, also because it's got a, a more relaxed and laid back feel than the other songs on the album, a completely different feel, I would say, because mm. it's probably the most acoustic. The folk, um, it's the folkiest thing on the record, yeah. I think, probably yeah. in terms of its uh, arrangement. But I think it fits there at the end. Yeah, it's nice. And I think it, it fits to finish this interview today. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk oh. to you. If you want to know more about Plumhall, go to plumhall.co.uk. That's where you'll find all the information. The album is being distributed through proper music. Do you think you'll ever get to come to visit us in Canada? I mean... It's kind of crazy because I know we're nobody's going anywhere at the moment, but I have to ask that question. <laughs> we, we would absolutely love to. Oh, uh, my, yeah, my, 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 my fleeting <laughs> visit to play Canterbury Folk Festival with Magna Carta, for, I was only there for, for one weekend and it did not feel like enough. We really need to get back. We'd love to come to Canada. Yeah. So I've never been to Canada, so I would absolutely it's a, adore It's a dream. Yeah, we'd love to. But it's a dream, but hopefully we can make it reality. That would be, that'd be amazing. If we can get some festivals. Let's get out there. That'd be great. Yeah, that'd be really great. Absolutely. It's been great to talk to you today. Michelle and Nick. Thank you, Thank you so much. Thank Stay you. safe and well. Great talking and you. to you. And you. And that's all we have time for in this hour of Folk Roots Radio. I hope you enjoyed our chat with Michelle and Nick. And you can check it out again on demand via our website at folkrootsradio.com alongside many other interviews and radio episodes. And thanks again to all of our radio partners who help us bring Folk Roots Radio to you each week. We'll leave you with Plum Hall and closing down from their great new album, The Ghost of Noise. You're listening to Folk Roots Radio, and I'm Jan Hall. We'll see you next time. I'm closing down I'm closing down The sign is on the door
Cast a spell to call you safely home 